Hey everyone, and welcome to the Class of 2020 podcast, Series 2, A Day in the Life of. I'm Harriet, your host for the series, and I'm really excited to tell you about our new lineup of conversations exclusively with Salesforce. We know that times are tough and lockdowns have become relentless. Coronavirus has affected all sectors of the jobs market and left many of us applying for job after job and getting nowhere. There's no easy fix, but Class of 2020 is here to support you through it. We've partnered up with leading organisations to give you free access to our e-learning community platform where you can boost your confidence, learn new skills and become more employable. But that's not all. In this series of the Class of 2020 podcast, we've partnered up with Salesforce to give you exclusive insight into the day-to-day life of some amazing Salesforce professionals and ask them the questions that you want to know the answers to. What kind of people does Salesforce hire? What kind of jobs are available? And what's it really like to work for the world's leading CRM organization? You don't want to miss out on this exclusive lineup to hear more about a day in the life of Salesforce. All for you, all for free at the Class of 2020 podcast. Hello everyone, welcome back to a brand new episode of A Day in the Life of Salesforce. So last week we chatted to Vic and Louise from Make Positive and today we're continuing along a similar theme. I'm joined by Chris and Victoria, lovely to have you guys with us. I'll let you introduce yourselves, so just tell us a little bit about what you do at Make Positive. Uh, Chris, let's start with you. Yep, so my name's Chris Emmett, I'm a pre-sales consultant at Make Positive. So it's my job to meet prospective customers or existing customers, understand their business pain points, understand the needs of how they want to move forward, really understand that from a business point of view without any technology, go away, figure out how Salesforce can actually help, and then build a solution, well, write up a solution rather, that can actually be delivered, that meets those pain points, that moves that company forward. And when they buy into that, that's where Victoria comes in. Amazing. What a nice segue, Victoria. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Chris. Um, Yeah, so I'm an implementation consultant at Make Positive. So what I do is I kind of follow on from Chris and take uh, those initial requirements and kind of build them out and then uh, get sort of user stories going in terms of what the client wants um, and build that out in the system. So it's sort of a multi-approach, really. It's uh, requirements gathering and then on to the actual build itself. So, yeah, it's quite varied. Amazing. So we mentioned that you work for Make Positive. Um, so for people who didn't catch last week's episode, can you give us just a brief overview of what Make Positive does? Chris? Oh, yeah, OK. <laughs> um, <laughs> so for those that don't know Salesforce, OK, so Salesforce is a cloud solution it's called crm which stands for customer relationship management system but really it's just a big database in the sky where you can record stuff and run your business um salesforce is the system but salesforce themselves don't necessarily implement the system for for their customers so they they have this massive huge network of companies that actually go out and implement salesforce and Make Positive is just one of those companies. So we work with Salesforce, get introduced to new customers, and 
then once Salesforce completes that introduction, we then work solely with the customer to you know, do the things that I mentioned earlier and that Victoria mentioned. Um, so we're one of a whole host of different partners that all implement Salesforce. Amazing. I feel like that's the most comprehensive answer we've had so far. So you get the award for that. Thanks, Chris. Chris. <laughs> so we've had a few episodes with Salesforce professionals so far in the series, and it seems to be a consensus that in everyone's roles, they're really varied. Every day is different and they're always learning something. Would you say it's the same for you guys? Yes. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> so my next question then, tell me something that you've learned about Salesforce that you didn't know in the past week. Um, how detailed do you want me to go? Because I can go really detailed. Detail as you want, go for it. Um, so today I learned that the homepage components were different between Lightning and um, Classic and that um, if you wanted to have something on a Lightning homepage, it doesn't necessarily mean you can have it on a classic. And we're currently trying to do an org migration. So that is like throwing a lot of challenges for us, basically. Um, so yeah, like things like custom uh, links and stuff like that don't exist in Lightning and vice versa. So yeah, it's difficult. There's a lot of things like that. So like there's a lot of nuances in Salesforce, which mean that like every day is very different and you're always finding something new that you didn't realize before. Amazing. That meant nothing to me, but it sounds no, great. I did, I'm glad I did wonder if <laughs> that was going to be too deep. <laughs> That's cool. I knew that I wouldn't have a clue, but I wanted to ask the question anyway. Um, Chris, what about you? This is going to be a difficult one to answer. Um, I mean, I, I, I don't go into as much technical detail as victoria does because i'm i'm, I'm just sales at the moment pre-sales so everything's about licensing or what each flavor of salesforce can do because salesforce is not just one thing there's many different flavors there's a thing called sales cloud where you do sales service cloud where you do like tickets and you know some customer support and whatnot there's marketing and there's self-service portals and just understand, trying to keep on top of what each one of those things can do, it's it's a continuous learning curve. Because every new customer that I'm speaking to, I'm having to understand what they need and then trying to figure out at the same time, hopefully within a day or two, what's the actual solution that we should throw at them. Um, so that's a really long-winded way of me not giving you an answer. Um, I learned that you can send marketing emails through Salesforce with a product called Salesforce Engage. Cool. That made a little bit more sense to me. <laughs> Love it. So why is it important to you guys, or is it important, that you're always kind of learning new stuff with Salesforce and in your job day to day? Um, the why, I suppose, because it's, it's nice not to be stagnant at any point. So um, I like to learn. So I think it's a great job for me in that sense. Um, and also there's sort of from the practical point of view in that you have to keep up to date with these things, otherwise you very quickly fall behind. Um, so like releases happen, is it three times a year, Chris? Yeah. Yeah, So the, the, and some of them are huge, you know, literally like rich with new features and stuff like that. And if you don't, if you don't keep up to date with it, like 
you have no idea what's coming or something's been discontinued and things like that. So you just, you have to know. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the three releases a year is really important, actually. If I took a year off work, for example, there's a high probability that I come back and I don't actually know anything because things change so quickly. You could, I uh, worked for a, comp a different company three years ago where I implemented a self-service portal. I'm not going to mention that name because I don't want to embarrass it, but I wouldn't, if I was to implement that today, I would do literally everything different. Uh, I wouldn't do the same project at all. It would be completely different project. That's how quickly things change. That in three years, you would just throw every single tool out of the window and do everything completely differently. So you have to keep on top. You have no choice. Yeah, it's so true. I was on maternity leave for a year and then I came back and I was just like, oh no, I've forgotten everything. Like I first looked at like a Salesforce org and I was like, I can't navigate this, it's over. Like you just getting your job. Um, so yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from there. That is crazy. And I don't think I could hack that. Um, so you both had fairly technical answers to my last question. Would you say that you've always been kind of techie people? Have you always been into kind of IT and things like that? What journey did you take to get to where you are now? Chris, do you want to? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> so this could be a really long answer and I'll try and keep it as short and curt as possible. So back in 2005, um, <laughs> sorry, I, I did a computing degree at university where we did a number of computer languages. So that was technical to start off with. And then when I finished university, I went into desktop support, just, you know, fixing printers and people's you know, office 2000 or whatever it was installed at that point, fixing computers. Um, and then I kind of took a left turn where I became a project manager which was completely untechnical, completely untechnical. And I did that for a solid 10 years. I went from technical to just talking to people in meetings for days. Um, and then I kind of, I got involved in a project that involved Salesforce and thought, oh, this is shiny. So then I completely ditched the talking in meetings for days on end to completely technical again by just picking up Salesforce. And then I've kind of boomeranged back to, I'm not technical really anymore. I'm talking to people in meetings. Um, so, and, and Victoria's probably going to give a really opposite answer. So Salesforce has got so many different facets that if you want to be very light touch and just sell, sell people the dream, which is essentially what it is, you can do that without any technical knowledge and just, you know, vaguely know what Salesforce can do at a high level. Um, but having said that, my background in tech does help because it means that whoever I'm talking to, I can talk to them at an appropriate level. Yeah, I think you're sort of selling yourself short there as well because you know a lot about Salesforce, technical or otherwise. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, th there's two reasons for that. One is, 
I'm just a curious learner. And Salesforce makes it super easy for yes. you to learn this stuff. There's a site called Trailhead where you can just do these like online learning modules. And at the start, when I first got into Salesforce, I had huge imposter syndrome. And to a degree, I still do every single day. I'm still fighting that imposter syndrome just because everything moves so quickly. So I just, I spent every night for six months on Trailhead, which is this learning tool, just learning and learning and learning and learning because I felt that I just needed to know because I was going into this brand new job that I just didn't know anything about. So I just tried to study as much. Yeah. So the, the, the tools are there that you can actually learn all the tech. Yeah. But there are jobs out there where you, you can get into Salesforce and you don't necessarily need to know the tech if you don't yeah. want to implement it. If you do yeah, want totally. to implement it, then you do need to know it. Mm. Yeah. I think my experience was a bit different to yours, Chris. Like I, I went to uni and I did an English degree <clears throat> and then I thought, oh, no, I'm never going to. I don't know what to do. I can't get a job. So I'm going to do a master's degree. And then I did a master's degree in business. And then I still didn't know what I wanted to do. So I applied for a graduate scheme in um, a property company. And within sort of eight months working there, I just thought, this is like hell. I can't do this. So I just thought, what's the exact opposite of this really sort of sales oriented job that I'm in well I think it's projects because it's sort of a long running cycle rather than everything quick 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 and pressure 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 although there is pressure <laughs> in this job but um yeah so like I didn't start out technical at all and I feel like I've sort of worked my way up to it I, like I feel like I get more and more technical the longer I do it I've never sort of endeavored to go into any coding or anything because I just think it's not for me personally um but yes, yeah, so I've sort of, I started very untechnical and I've sort of worked my way up, which shows it really is possible. You don't have to go to university and do a computer science degree to work within the industry and still do it. Like I would consider my role pretty technical now. And, you know, I didn't start out like that. Yeah, I think that's such an important message. And I think actually, surprisingly, Chris, you're probably one of the first people that we've spoken to who has such a technical degree I think so far everyone's kind of had degrees that you wouldn't necessarily typically mm. expect um, we've definitely had an English one before because I'm an English graduate as well so I remember yeah. those but um, yeah I think it's definitely important to know and to get out there that you don't have to have done a computer science degree you don't have to be a technical person Absolutely. to work with Salesforce yeah um, at a company like Make Positive so that's really good to know yeah, like I got in just just as an aside, I got in through a graduate scheme and companies out there do run them for Salesforce and they're a really fantastic way to skill up. If you are a graduate and um, in that sort of area, you know, it's a great way to start in Salesforce. I um, yeah. I've, I've said this recently, actually, uh, that there's, there's a lot of people wanting to consider Salesforce ecosystem they don't necessarily know how to. Um, they've got varying backgrounds. And a lot of people do worry that the lack of technical background is a hindrance, but I find it's the opposite. If you've got any sort of background in business, in finance, in marketing, in sales, that, that's kind of the secret source that will get you in, that, that's going to get your foot in the door. Um, if you know how to code 
if you know how to code and you want to become a Salesforce developer, that's absolutely the right option. But if you don't know how to use a computer and you want to become a Salesforce consultant, as long as you can go and learn, as long as you can study, then there's absolutely opportunities for you. You just got to bring all of your experience with you. Every single bit of that experience is so vital, absolutely vital. I, I was just going to say it's like the soft skills that you bring because like you as a consultant specifically you're very client facing so you have to be able to speak to people um so I think like Chris said you know it's it's an advantage that perhaps you have been in a job before where you are conversing constantly with people um and you know how to deliver news and that kind of thing and negotiate a little bit yeah I, I remember my interview at Make Positive and I remember the things that got me the job at the time, I was five times certified, so I'd taken five Salesforce exams, and I'd got three. I'd got two hundred trailhead badges, so I'd done two hundred modules. Um, none of that got me the job. The thing that got me the job was I've been a project manager before, so I know how to control scope, time, and budget of a project. And I worked in a call center before, so I know how to change the tone of the uh, conversation based on the knowledge of the person. Those are the two things I can guarantee you. Those are the two things that got me the job. The number of trailhead badges did not get me the job, and the number of certs that I've got did not get me the job. It's all of that soft, st soft skill stuff. Mm, that is very, very interesting because, I mean, a, a question that I've asked everyone so far is what would be your one piece of advice to people who are looking to work with Salesforce? And it's been trailhead um, pretty unanimously. And so I think that's really nice to hear that it's actually almost an advantage to come at it from a completely different angle. And whilst trailhead is useful, it's those soft skills and that kind of point of difference that you're bringing which is going to get you the job is that fair to say absolutely yeah, definitely it, tra trailhead desserts and trailhead obviously did not hurt um but it's absolutely the soft skills it, just my opinion just my opinion the soft skills kind of nail it and I think at the moment as well when everyone's kind of competing for those jobs and it's so tough to, with any job but especially with this like to come at it from a different angle and to, to sell yourself with a USP is really important thanks Chris that's really interesting slightly different question now so we've had a lot of positive chat about Salesforce and Salesforce related things across the series as you'd expect but we all have rubbish days so what would be possibly a low moment or a time where you just, not necessarily a low moment in your career, but maybe just a time where you could not be bothered to work and you didn't want to get out of bed and work that day. How did you deal with that? What do you do on those kinds of days? Do you want me to go first, Chris? Yeah, so I can think about my answer. Okay. <laughs> um, any day that there isn't a lot lined up for me and I don't really know what I'm doing, <clears throat> I'm always a bit of a struggle. I'm always like, oh, I don't, you know, there's no motivation today. Whereas like, if I'm super busy, I'm slammed, there's stuff going on left, right and centre. I'm like, right, I need to get into work and sort it out. This is my to-do list, let's go. So I think any day 
that, that, like I said, there's nothing going on and I don't have a clear path. I do struggle. And how do you, I mean, I'm exactly the same. I've just yeah. started my first like full-time job and I love having a to-do list that I can never mm-hmm. get through because I yes. like going to work or going to my dining room and having like loads to do to get me through the day. And as soon as I don't, my motivation just drops. So yeah, what's your advice for me if no one else? Advice for you? Well, I think the thing is like, there's always something to do in our job, like we can pick up kind of extracurricular stuff in Make Positive. So whether it be like a personal um, goal that you want to hit, like a Salesforce certification, or it be sort of something to work on within Make Positive to help out some of the teams, like you can always volunteer yourself for that sort of stuff. So I've just got to kind of think, well, maybe it's not exactly what I want to be doing right now because I want to be so busy. I'm sort of mildly stressed, Um, but it's something. So I think, personal objectives like if you can work on them or something that enriches the company is always good so I would say that kind of thing cool thank you Chris have you had time to think about your eyes I have um one of one of the biggest flaws I have this has turned into a therapy session you know one of the biggest flaws I have is that I always want to be helpful and I'll always kind of put my neck out to say yes to someone um, so I find that the most stressful times is, is when all of those yeses, all of those favours kind of land at the same time. Because um, it's because I'm not assigned to a particular project at any one time. So it makes positive in delivery, you tend to be blocked out, um, which is super easy. Well, I'm, that's probably really overselling that, but it, it kind of it it makes for a stable calendar. Whereas mine's very pot shotty, and it's like, oh, a customer wants to have a quick call, and then you end up with just a ton of things in your in your diary, and then you're saying yes to so much stuff. The the calendar is just eight a.m. Monday morning to six p.m. Friday, Friday evening, just nonstop, and you just kind of overload. You can, you can be overloaded, and it, that can be so stressful and so draining. But you still have to. It'd be so easy just to stay in bed and say, "Oh God, I don't want to, I don't want to do this." But you've got deadlines, and there are people relying on you, so you've got to get out of bed. You've got no choice but to get out of bed, and. You know what? I'm still trying to figure out how to actually tackle that. I'm I'm still trying to figure out how to say no to someone in a way that I don't feel like I'm doing them a disservice. Yeah. But yeah, at the moment I say yes to everything, which when everything works just out fine, it's absolutely perfect. Because I'm helping people, so they're getting something out of it. I can get a smile on my face because I'm being helpful. But then when everything kind of comes together at the same time, it's an absolute nightmare. I think that's a really interesting point. I've kind of been mulling over myself recently of, I want to say yes to everything, take every single opportunity. Mm-hmm. When do you say no? Where do you draw that line? And yeah, I agree. That's really hard. Something that I think I'm going to be figuring out for a while. Um, Along the same lines then you've been giving me advice my little therapy session um what about people maybe young people recent graduates 
if they are starting their first day at Make Positive, maybe your kind of their buddy, their mentor, what's going to be your main piece of advice for them? My main piece of advice, everyone's willing to help, but you've got to ask for that help. No one's going to necessarily, especially considering we're all working remote, it's super difficult to actually notice someone who looks like they're struggling. Because if everyone's working from home, you can't tell that someone's struggling. The best advice is that it's okay not to know everything. No one's expecting you to know everything. And if you need help, you ask for it. We've got a number of Slack channels on our internal instant messaging tool that's all about help. So it might be just a general help or a technical help or help within a certain tool within Salesforce. And it is just so active because at Make Positive, we're encouraged to ask for help. And that's kind of a really important thing to take away. So anyone starting, just ask for help. If you don't know something, ask for help. If you're struggling with something, ask for help. If you're just unsure about something, ask for help. And that's a lesson that I learned the hard way, actually, because I ended up not asking for help and I ended up nearly getting fired from a job. So that's kind of a lesson that I learned the hard way and I want to pass that on so other people don't have to learn that. I think it's, it's such good advice and it can be so hard mm. to ask for help, especially when you're starting a new job, you don't want to look stupid. And I think that's also, I mean, you mentioned imposter syndrome earlier. And I think that's also such a good way to tackle that. Um, Victoria, any other advice? Um, I was trying to think of the, because I started as a graduate, so I was trying to think what I might have done differently. And I think it would have been to understand everyone's role um, a little bit better at the beginning. Um, and sort of, because I mean, there's many different roles that you can take. And, it, and maybe have understood that someone does something slightly different and perhaps I might be interested in that. Or I just need to know that because I need to know how they function in the sort of the society of the company kind of thing. Um, because for a long time, I sort of didn't really understand how everything like cohesively fit together. And now I understand and I know who to talk to to get the things that you know I need at that specific time. And it just makes life a hell of a lot easier, I think. It's a bit more specific, yeah. but yeah. No, that's great. Good advice. Okay, one final question for you. We're all working from home at the moment. What's a ch biggest challenge that you faced working from home um, and how have you dealt with it? I'll go. Um, I work right next to my husband. So <laughs> he is on calls a lot. I'm on calls a lot. So it's always a bit of a, well, I went out of the room last time. So someone has to sit on the stairs. I do a call on the stairs. <laughs> so yeah, just his loud voice next to me. <laughs> Is he there now? No, he's not. But I, I mean, I said it to his face. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Chris? Um, I've, I've worked from home 50% of the time, I'd say, for the past 10 years. So I'm used to working from home um but i'm not i'm not not used to doing it 100 percent of the time so that really hit me hard um not being able to catch up with people face to face um was really difficult and the one thing that i've done to keep me sane is to block out an hour for lunch actually walk away from the laptop for 
for a good hour, which is difficult to start with. But if you don't do it, if you don't kind of break away from work, you lose yourself and you're just working and everything just feels the same. And going out for walks, I've just gone out for so many walks just to get away from the same location, to get away from these same four walls. But yeah, it's that lunchtime has actually really saved me because I would just work through the entire day. But now I actually walk away from my laptop. I watch a bit of TV or my go out if it's sunny. And it just adds a bit of variety to the day instead of being sat in front of a laptop for eight, nine, ten hours. Good advice. I think it's very tempting as well. Even if you take out an hour for lunch, you're like, right, shut down Teams, open Netflix and still sit in front of your laptop. So, yeah, yeah, good advice. Just get away from your screen, go for a walk. Yeah get away from the same problems. Mm. Thank you both so much for joining me today. You've both been brilliant, really, really lovely advice. And I've had such fun chatting to you. So thank you. Thanks all of our listeners for joining us. If you haven't already, make sure you head to classof2020.org.uk to sign up for free, where you'll find Trailhead as well as our other online courses. And yeah, thank you for joining us. We'll see you next time.